With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. I am unwilling to give up that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so excited to have my next guest here. We have Angela O'Brien, who is the founder of Cleobella. And if you have not seen the beautiful, beautiful products that come out of Cleobella, boy, are you missing something and you absolutely need to head there. We'll have all the information in the show notes. But Cleobella is a globally inspired and ethically handmade clothing and accessories brand. And Angela launched Cleobella and has scaled the company to super hot success. Her commitment to sustainability as well as employment of independent artisans from around the world has really set her apart. And Angela stayed true to the mission as well, never wavering in her commitment to these practices and attention to high quality details. I love all the details in the products that she is sourcing too. And I can't wait to hear a lot more about the company now that I've met Angela and dug into uh, everything that she's doing. I'm just really excited to have her here. So welcome, Angela. Thank you, Kara. It's such an honor to be here. My favorite part about this journey has been meeting other female entrepreneurs. So I love I love connecting today. Totally. No, I, I agree. So please share with us who are, who are not familiar with, or anyone who's not familiar with Cleobella, what is Cleobella? Thank you. Yes, Cleobella is globally inspired, ethically handmade, and Cleobella is named after my mother, Cleobel, and my great-grandmother. So it's truly a family business rooted in strong women. And it was more than a decade ago that my husband and I left our jobs and our comforts of home in Southern California to do a year trip around the world. My husband's a big surfer, so we were chasing waves. And I've always been into the arts. And I knew that I wanted to start a business that would give my family the freedom to travel and allow me to really lean into my passions of creativity and connecting with other people around the world. So that's how Cleo Bella was born in 2007. I was selling my designs at local farmers markets. And, and in 2008, we officially launched at LA Fashion Week. So it's been a very long journey. I, I've learned along the way from our artists and partners in Bali and India that um, it's this idea of step-by-step. 
And the journey, it's not always about the outcome, but really focusing and leaning into the process and and in taking that opportunity to grow. And I, I'm so grateful to Cleo Bella and all the lessons I've learned, all the, the good ones, the bad ones, all of it. It's been fun. So, so what were you doing prior to Cleo Bella? So I was a fashion model. I started when I was 12 and I would say I wasn't a very good model. I was very uncomf- uncomfortable in front of the camera. I, I do, I'm grateful to modeling because it allowed me to travel. And I think the, the first time I was on an airplane was a modeling job. So that was um, very exciting and it gave me the travel bug. And um, it also taught me how to be an entrepreneur because I had to step outside my comfort zone, meet people on castings and jobs, manage my own money, be responsible for getting myself to the job and the castings and putting myself out there and being resilient, getting used to rejection was a big part of modeling. And I, school was very important to me. So I went to night school and I got my degree in marketing and PR. And that was something I was passionate about. And then I married my husband when in my early 20s, and we just had this dream of why not now? We are young. We don't have a lot of commitments. Let's, let's save our money and essentially backpack around the world. So that's what we did. And I feel like the, the lessons I've had from modeling and and it, it really led me to something that I don't have to be the brand, but I can make the brand. And I'm grateful for modeling for teaching me that. I love that quote. Uh, You don't have to be the brand to make the brand. I think that's so great. So it's one thing to enjoy beautiful things from around the world, but it's another to think, gosh, I could actually bring this back and make a business out of it. I mean, was there a moment when uh, you were traveling when you just thought, gosh, like, let's do this. I mean, we should really do this. How did this all come to be? Yeah. So in, it was in two places. So it was in India where I found these wrap skirts that were made from recycled saris. And the beautiful, vibrant patterns and the block prints, and that really spoke to me. I've always loved to be around beauty and color. And the global inspiration of, of India was so inspiring because it was so different and so foreign to what I have known in Southern California. So when I met this maker and bought back the saris, it was it was great because they were uh, one size fits all and I had a really great margin in them. And I sold these at the farmer's markets and that kind of sparked it because uh, starting a business without an investment my husband and I own Cleo Bella 100% ourselves. Essentially, these wrap skirts were the investment that helped the company grow. So that was my experience in India. And then in Bali, I met, it was through my driver, met a family who I'm really proud to say we still work with them today, who started sewing handbags and clothing out of her home in Indonesia. And now we continue wow. to work with her and her family. And her name is Yanti. And so this, there was this idea of working with our artists and partners, creating sustainable income, having the ability to continue to travel and do what I love, which was always art. And I didn't have the 
experience growing up of knowing that you could make a living out of doing art. And Bali in India really taught me that working closely with artisans and hand sketching my designs on paper. Uh, actually, our logo, Cleo Bella, is my handwriting that I wrote on a napkin in a cafe. And so there's, when I look back and I love these opportunities to tell our story because it reminds me of how far we've come and just that idea of step by step. And when I see so many entrepreneurs that are, you know, it's there, it seems like they just blow up overnight. I, it was something I always admired and I, and I wanted to understand more, but having this almost 15 year plus journey now, I can really see the value in the slow journey that we've had. And I love that we continue to circle back to what was important in the beginning. It's still very much a part of the ethos and the story of who Cleo Bella is today. And when I lean into that idea, I really get more connected with myself. And I feel like the more I connect in that space, and I think, you know, as an entrepreneur, it allows the company to grow even more when I make that that time to really be centered and always focus on our North Star because there's a lot of distractions that will come in the way. And we've had that certainly. And that's that's a little bit about how we started and where we are. I love it. Well, I think that it's the company I founded as well. We were founded in 2005, a uh, hint. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it really, the story of the ups and downs, you don't get an opportunity to always tell those stories. Right. And I think it's, it's uh, there's definitely um, there, there are very few businesses that are built overnight and especially really uh, businesses that are here to stay. And uh, I think that you've really put stakes in the ground around things that are important to you and built it the right way um, with beautiful uh, quality products for sure. So you've made a major commitment sourcing ethically handmade clothing and accessories. Why, what does that term mean exactly? If we're anyone who's kind of thinking about that, like, and what does it mean to you and why is it so important? Yeah, it's really thinking about the whole process from start to finish, uh, the, the type of environment that we have in our office here in California and with our global partner. So we work with third-party auditors to make sure everyone's meeting our ethical trade agreements. We have certifications like GOT certified where every part of the process of making the garment is traceable, which is important and something that's very um, unique about what we do at Cleo Bella is we actually have lived four months out of the year in Indonesia prior to COVID and spending a lot of time in Southeast Asia. So we are invested in an emotional way to our partners. It's not these massive factories we work with. They are their husband and wife teams, like my husband and I, women-owned factories that we're supporting. And we're actually seeing exactly what kind of environment they're in. And we're visiting the farms and the farmers that we're buying our organic cotton from. And we are continually learning along the way. So we're going through the process of becoming B Corp certified. And that's something that we're really proud of. And it's all about accountability. And we, we you know, we don't claim to do it perfectly because we certainly have not. And we haven't from day one, but we've done the best that we can. And the more the company has grown and the more that the consumer cares 
the bigger companies are carving the way, allowing smaller independent designers like myself to have more access to sustainable materials that will decompose back into the earth. Something that's also very much on my heart is connecting with artists and partners and preserving the heritage techniques that I'm so in love with and so inspired by. So whether it's ECOT weaving or it's handwood block printing, um, and using water-based dyes or natural vegetable dyes. We just had a collection that launched with um, in, an indigo dye, which is all made from a plant. My daughter's name is Indigo. It's a process that I'm so inspired by. Uh, using excess fabric to make patchwork dresses and over-dye them. So they're really a work of art. And the goal is to design for the busy woman like ourselves who are just throwing and go um, they care about, they want to wear their values, which is what I say. And so everything is intentional and I'm, I'm always thinking about them first. And a lot of that is caring about the people um, that are making the product and where the product is coming from. So we have a team of about 40 in our office that are very involved in making that happen and really care. And there's always new um new things that we're learning. And that's the fun part. That's what keeps it interesting. The creative part is my passion. And since a little girl, I've been into the arts and oil painting and creating and, and living in this dream world. But I also love the business part. I love new opportunities and ways this year we're doing a update on our branding. We're building a new website. We're coming up with new marketing activations. We're we're researching new hardware that we can elevate our handbag experience. And all of this is, is a part of the process that keeps me excited about Cleobella and excited about coming into the office and, and working closely with um, our team of amazing creatives and really heartfelt people. That I, I, keep, I always go back to my heart because I've learned that, you know, as a, as a, female entrepreneur really connecting to her intuition. When I don't, it's got me in trouble. And I've learned that along the way there was about maybe eight years ago when I was listening to the noise and I was really concerned about how to pay the bills and, and I was being misguided. And I made a big, um, I, I basically made a pact with myself that I wasn't going to do anything outside of, um, my integrity and what felt right to me. And when I leaned into that, the business really thrived. And so that's where I, I continue to lean in and get excited about the entrepreneurship journey because it's such a journey of self. And I feel so privileged that I get to work with so many people that also care so deeply about this process. It's our par partners in India. We employ more than 1,200 people that are making our product day to day. And they are so passionate about doing a good job. They really care. I have a team of five in India that oversee the factories that we work with. They're so heart connected. And that's what is really a part of the success and the magic of what we do, because it's not about having a massive business and selling everywhere. It's how do we make something special and different that will carry in the customer's journey and uplift whatever special occasion they're celebrating or wherever they're going. The power of a dress, I say, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love that. So 
a large percent of your business is direct, um, but you're an omni-channel brand. And uh, I'd love to hear sort of how do you get to the consumers and, and how do you sell product and what's important for you today? We started the business in wholesale because um, internet wasn't uh, an option as much at the time. So we currently sell to more than 600 specialty stores. We've stayed away from department stores. We have a lot of great online retail partners and we have seven territories with about 25 um, women that are out on the road selling each collection every season. We have four seasons a year and I get to see them twice a year in New York for the trade shows, which is so much fun. It's it's such a learning experience to see these women in parts of the country and how they wear Cleobella, what their customers are asking for. And then last month was the first month that Cleobella.com became 50% of the business. So prior to COVID, uh, the business was only about, I would say, 15 to 20% online. And we have a really fantastic team that has worked really hard to to grow that. And when I look back, I think we never had the investment to grow into a really robust e-com team and putting the investment there where we've had to be profitable every year because that's the only way we can grow. So since day one, we've leveraged our home equity line, um, credit card debt, all of the things you do when you bootstrap a business and it's been scary at times, but the business has had to be profitable in order to put the investment back into growth. And the growth is always investing in good people. And, mm -hmm. and that is when we've really seen the business change with a really fantastic team that, um, that is, you know, always, always up to date on the latest and greatest and passionate about telling a very meaningful story to our customers. I love it. So where do you get inspiration from for your designs? You are not just the founder, but you're also the designer. And how do you think about adding new products? And, and like, where do you get your inspiration from giving you direction on what you should be doing next? I love that question. Well, I... First and foremost, I'm a creator and that's what I love to do. And I'm very fortunate. I have my husband as my partner who's very much into big picture and sales and operations. And so as the company, of, I used to wear all the hats and because I was a one woman show. And now that we have a team to lean on, I can really focus on the creative process and the last couple of years I've really leaned into even more is being a creative director and understanding what that means. Cause I'm still on all the, you know, messages back and forth to our team on a daily on this buttonhole. Isn't right. This color didn't come out the way we imagined it. How can we fine tune to make the product it can best possibly be? So I've been working on hiring out a very healthy design team to help support me so I can still be in the creative, I can really truly lean into the creative director role. But in terms of design and inspiration, it's never ending. It is, it actually drives me crazy sometimes because I think, gosh, it would be so nice to live in a world that I just didn't care so much. But to be around beauty, it's a feeling and an energy exchange that gets me excited. And sometimes I would think, gosh, is this really 
frivolous and is it mean is it meaningful and over the years i i really leaned into valuing it and then that's just part of again valuing myself and honoring myself so i try to put myself in in beautiful creative spaces whether it's architecture or inspired by other creatives or being in nature my family and i were we we love surfing and going to the beach and hiking and we travel extensively we've been living in Southeast Asia for years now. We have a home in Bali, Indonesia, where we've homeschooled our kids. So it allows us this opportunity to travel. So I I, kind of dream without consequences. So I jump into things and I go, I plan trips and we just do it. And it's very much who we are. And we've my husband and I have gotten very comfortable at being uncomfortable and traveling can be uncomfortable, but that's, I find where the greatest inspiration comes from. Yeah, no, I absolutely love it. I told you I went to Bali a few months ago for the first time and on a, um, amazing trip, um, that was, uh, that was terrific and, uh, just had so much fun, but was mostly inspired by all of the beauty around, not just the, uh, you know, jungles just outside of a bood, but we were in um, Chenggu. Yeah, that's where my yeah. home is. Yeah, Chenggu. Yeah, so nice. I mean, yeah. I loved it. It is so. It is so hip now. But when we were living there in the early days, there was only little warongs on the beach, and it was rice fields. And 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 now it is like you know, Abbot Kenny in Venice. It's so hip and so fun, which is still fun. We love it. Um, but it's Bali. I, I love that you've experienced Bali. Yeah, it's so, so great. The land of smiles. The people are just so beautiful and welcoming. And as a woman creating business there, I've been nothing but embraced and supported by our partners. And that's, it's, it's just really fun. And it's important to love what you do, right? It just still feels fun. Yeah, no, definitely. Do you feel like you had to be over there in order to kind of be around uh, the artisans when they were, um, you know, especially when you were just getting off the ground. Is that, do you think that that's like a key thing? That was for us that absolutely, there's no way I could have done it. Otherwise it's learn. it's finding the right partners that you can trust that can deliver quality product on time. And so my husband would be in the factories QCing each individual product one by one mm-hmm. because we've learned the hard way where product will arrive and it's not what what the intention was. And because of the history we've had in the business and the multiple partners and boutiques we work with, the customer trusts in Cleo Bella. We've been doing this long enough. We're not working with big factories in China where we're making very simple product. It's very ornate, very artisanal, very special handmade product. And so with that, there's um, a more, uh, I guess, preciousness and fragility to the process. So you have to really handle it with care. And so, yeah, sending a wire transfer and just hoping that the product would show up was never an option. And also because mm-hmm. I was physically designing the product in Bali, I would then come back to LA and sell it and go to the shows in New York. And I would do all that on my own. I was shipping the product myself out of my garage in my home. 
And, and so I, I worked it out seasonally where I would do the design when I was in Indonesia, and then I would work on the sales and marketing in California. And it was a beautiful life. I mean, we're not spending as much time there as our kids have gotten older and we're spending a lot more time in India and traveling to other places since COVID. But Oh, I'm, I'll always be grateful to the Balinese people and for that time and for the time with our family and the sunsets on the beach and watching my husband surf and, and really building that. And I know now that they trust in us too. And that was mm-hmm. the part working through COVID is we, they knew that we're family and we'll find a way to pay you. It, it took some time as we all did to get out of kind of the complete lockdown, but it, and in the end, it worked out really well for everybody. That's awesome. I love, love everything about that. So it sounds like such a dreamy, dreamy time for sure. And you're in LA, right? Is that when you're back in the States? Yeah, that's yes, what I thought. Yes. And you have a store there or as well, or? We have a store in Sunset Beach, so we're we're technically in Seal Beach, so it's the border of Long Beach and Orange County, or uh, LA and Orange County. So our store in Sunset Beach we've had for 10 years, and it was my office in the back, and it was uh, a way I could I could um, sell enough handbags in the front to pay the rent because I was, prior to that, working out of my home with a one-year-old. And I knew I needed that separation between work and family. So I found this really cute 1920s cottage and we've had that for 10 years and it's been a beautiful space. Uh, retail is not, um, it's a maybe 1% of our overall business. It's not what our focus is. It would be something we would like to do in the future, but for right now where we have it as part of a, to be a part of the community, but it's um, a very small part of the business. I love it. Well, but I do think that it it's uh, it brings consumers into you. Um, I bet you really enjoy going in there and hearing what consumers are saying about the product. And it's uh, I think that having a store sometimes it it just helps build the brand because there definitely are people that want to come in and experience it. Um, but it's uh, it's definitely I think it's. Selfishly, I feel like it's for the founders as well to be able to kind of hear what's going on with the consumers and having their own little focus groups. You're so right, Kara. We have that conversation all the time. And that's the tricky part about being a self-funded business is we have to make responsible decisions on how we scale. And so it's something that we're, we've been looking into and getting locations with higher traffic um, and really expanding to other states but it's not in the cards right now to do in a big, meaningful way. So right now, it's a little part of our story. If you you come visit us in Sunset Beach, it's a little cottage about 10 steps away from the ocean, literally. And um, it's complete drive-by. It's a destination spot, but we've had a lot of events there. And yes, seeing the product in its physical form, because I still love shopping in person. It's something that I love to do and experiencing all the senses of the product and the design. And so it's something I would love to come up with a game plan for the future for the brand in a bigger in a bigger way. I love it. So what is one thing that that kind of keeps you up at night uh, about the business? I mean, what what has been one of the hardest pieces? I, I feel like uh, you've weathered 
tons of storms uh, around, uh, you know, building the business. Some of them have been uh, things that everybody has had to deal with, including the pandemic, but you've done a lot and you just keep surfacing and you're building just an amazing company and product and and really lovely uh, on many, many fronts. But what keeps you up at night? Like what what is hard about the business? I would say the hardest part is the growth that we've had over the last few years is making sure everyone's being supported because I see how hard everyone on my team works. And there's, you know, always marketing is it's such a hungry space. There's always more content that it needs, design, there's always a new collaboration or an extension that comes into the mix and it throws us off calendar. Um, the hardest part is, and I've learned as the company has grown, is really is supporting the team. And I always want to do right by the team because I want to create a really healthy environment. I believe that's how you get great results. And that's, I want everyone to enjoy working for Cleo Bella the same way I do. So when there is challenges within meeting deadlines and people working more because of this opportunity came up, it's that that would be the hardest part because um, we have to be careful about how we invest. And and I'm sure you understand that too. And, mm-hmm. um, and we're all working for the same goal. And I just take that responsibility on sometimes. And I, um, and that definitely, definitely keeps me up at night. When you think about uh, advice that you've received, and if you could pass on to other entrepreneurs or people thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, what's the best piece of advice that uh, you've ever received? Oh, I love that. Well, it's, I think it's from my husband. He read a quote a few years ago that it's not what happens to you, it's what happens for you. And we all have an opportunity to take on difficult challenges with um, an attitude of, you know, you're the victim or this is really hard. Or you can say, why is this challenge happening and how is it an opportunity for me to do better? And Mm -hmm. look at yourself and see whether it is a product that's you know, not coming out the way you want it to. It's a return from a customer. It's how, how do you take that information and push it into something good? And I, I was raised that way by a strong Irish grandmother and mother who always see the glasses half full. And they, and my grandmother will say, well, it could always be worse, Angie. And I think about that because, you know, life is really hard and my family has gone through a lot of loss. However, I have taken the hard things in family and life and business, and I've just chosen it because I believe it's a choice to exercise the muscle of how, you know, it's, it's going to get better. How can I learn from this? I know that tomorrow is going to be a good, a new day. And I try to teach my children that just by my actions. And I don't always get it right. Sometimes I fail. I have to pick myself back up. But I, I know it's a muscle that I try to exercise and I lean into my tools and I have a really, really sacred spiritual practice that helps me with this. 
And the more I'm centered and the more I'm clear on the bigger purpose, um, the more I can take on every challenge with ease and grace and a more compassion to both sides and just try to do better. Because when you know better, you do better. That I couldn't have said it better myself. So you are preaching to the choir, everything that you just said. So thank you so much, Angela, for coming on and sharing your wisdom and sharing all about the Cleo Bella brand as well. We'll have all the info in the show notes where people can uh, definitely purchase Cleo Bella, but also just learn more about you too. So thank you again. Have a great rest of the week, everyone. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023 and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I wanna talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening.